tired of life just happening to you? Sick of your daily routine and want to experience real progress? Tired of cheap hacks and skeptical about anyone trying to give you their 10 cent motivation? Welcome to the ABCs for Purposeful Living Podcast. The place that takes the bedrock foundational principles of success and breaks them up into smaller rocks that you can take and use for your own construction as you build the life of your dreams the way that you want it. Stop living by default. Get busy designing. Let the podcast begin. David Thermer is an award-winning transformational life coach, leadership expert, and speaker. He's worked with over 100,000 people across 34 countries for the past 10 years, helping them to experience major change in their lives and to implement habits and rituals to ensure that the progress is lasting. Through his immersive seminars, live events, and coaching retreats, he makes you shake down your life, beliefs, and habits to their foundations in order to help you build a more intentional and powerful future. It's these foundations that he is bringing to you week by week in these podcasts, with the goal of helping you, wherever you may be, to get a hold of your life and turn it into something amazing. Welcome to the ABCs of Purposeful Living Podcast. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the ABCs for Purposeful Living. My name is David Thurmer and I'm so happy to be with you here once again on this show as we talk about the foundational principles for building your own personal life of success. Today we are going to talk about F for facing your fears. Now for this episode today I want to share with you an exclusive recording that was done as part of a webinar for the Catalyst Apprentice program. What is the Catalyst Apprentice program? It is a program that I have been involved with for a few years now. It is the brainchild of a very good friend of mine based out of Malaysia whose name is Melvin Liao. And the program targets empowering and training social entrepreneurs from countries in Africa. I had the opportunity to be on this webinar with him speaking to social entrepreneurs in Nigeria, Zimbabwe, and Kenya. The focus of our webinar back in early 2019 was on how to take calculated risks and how to move beyond fears. It's the first time this is being shared with people who are not in the Catalyst program and so in a big appreciation to Mel for allowing me to do this and I hope that you enjoy this session that we did together. What a great opportunity to be able to speak to young entrepreneurs, social entrepreneurs. You know, can I call you guys world changers? Because that's what you are. You guys are you are people who are making a difference. You are changing lives. You are changing your community. You're helping to create massive change wherever you are. And so it is a privilege for me to be able to be here with you, speaking with you and helping you along your entrepreneurship journey because it's a journey and it's a journey we're all on together. You know, we're all at different levels. We're all at different parts, but it's all the same road. And so whatever wisdom we can impart from our part of the journey, we hope that it helps you to take the steps in your own journey along that road. If, if those of you were listening to the, to the call a couple of minutes earlier when Mel and I were joking about the picture of the mountain inspiring me and challenging me, it's because, as Mel knows, I went through a pretty difficult time um, so over the course of this year. I had an accident back in January and I pr- damaged my knee pretty bad and had to go through uh, knee reconstructive surgery over the course of February and I've been on recovery since then. And so it's caused me to think a lot about the topic of difficulties in life, topics of overcoming, the topic of facing challenges and how do we handle risks and go beyond that. All of life is a challenge. All of life 
is a struggle. But in that way, all of life's an opportunity because through through the struggles that we go through, through the challenges that we face, through the things that we overcome, that's where we really build our lives and we're able to make it a better place. In fact, that's why I don't like to call when I'm working with my coaching clients. They tell me, oh, I'm going through a difficult time. I'm going through, you know, problems I'm facing. I'm like, hold it right there. Let's let's take a minute. Let's redefine that word for us. You know, let's not call it trouble. Let not, let's not call it difficulty. Let's not call it problem because that gives it a negative connotation. And what happens is when the way our minds work, whenever we tell ourselves negative words, it puts us into a negative thought pattern and therefore our thought process becomes negative. And so when we start telling ourselves, I have a problem, I have a difficulty, this is something I'm experiencing that's bad in my life. When we tell ourselves those negative words, we start thinking in a negative trend and we are unable to start looking for positive solutions. So the first thing I tell them is reframe it. Start looking at them as challenges, as opportunities, as things that life is giving us to overcome. Because once you start putting it in those positive terms for yourself, looking at it as challenges, as growth um, opportunities, then you start positively looking for ways to overcome them. Because challenges are what help us grow into our potential. Challenges are what provide us with catalyst moments in our life that helps us to reset our thinking and start afresh. The brain is a really awesome thing. The average human being will have up to 60,000 thoughts a day. I want you to think about that for a minute. The average human being will have 60,000 thoughts a day. You will have 60,000 thoughts going through your head over the course of a 24-hour day. Now, most of you might say, whoa, hold on, you know, I don't have that many thoughts. I maybe have like, you know, two, 10 or 20 or 30 thoughts in my head. And, you know, that's all I can think of in any given day. Well, that's absolutely right. Because while we have over 60,000 thoughts in our head and on a 24-hour basis, only about two to 300 become conscious thoughts. And that's because of a little part of our brain called the reticular activating system that feeds this information into our heads. And so whatever we're going through, whatever we're experiencing at that particular time, whatever we're thinking about, that is the only thoughts that enter into our brain. But when we face challenges, when we face difficulties, when we're in a moment of crisis, it shocks our brain back to its default state. That's why they're called catalyst moments. Psychologists call them catalyst moments because whenever we face a moment of difficulty, whenever we face a moment of challenge, what happens is we have like a bit of a mental reboot and suddenly we're able to go back and revisit. You know, it shakes us down to our core and we're able to revisit our thinking, our beliefs and our values. And then in that moment, we are able to make a change. You see that everywhere across life. You find people who are trying so hard to lose weight and they're unable to lose weight. They keep saying, I'm going to diet, I'm going to diet, but it never happens. They lose one pound, they put on two more. And then suddenly they have an illness. And you see them six months later and they've lost like 40 pounds. And it's like, what, what happened? It's like, well, I got sick and the doctor said that if I didn't stop, you know, if I didn't go on a diet, I was going to die. And so it was, it was no big deal for me. And suddenly what I've never been able to do before, I'm able to do now. It's because you're, you go back and you revisit. These things are catalyst moments in your life that make you think of, you know, reevaluate everything, all your thinking based on your beliefs and your value system. And it brings you to a place where you can then go and make a difference in your life and make change that you were never, was never possible to make before. So challenges are wonderful opportunities. Even though we don't like to face them, even though we don't like the concept of difficulties and problems and going through these things in life, because let's face it, they're difficult, they're hard, they're tough, they're called problems for a reason. But they can be turned into glorious opportunities that can take us so much further and help us to grow way beyond anything we could have done before. They are catalyst moments that truly help us to grow into our potential. I want to show you a couple of images. And as I go through these images, I want you to just think about, you know, what is the correlation between these images? All right. We have gold, got diamonds, we have violins, steel, and we have butterflies. Gold, diamonds, violins, steel, and butterflies. What is, what's in common between all these different things? Two common things between all these pictures are these two things. There's value and difficulties. The greater the difficulty, 
that these things have to go through, the greater the value. Let's just look at that for a second. Gold. Gold, when it comes out of the earth, not very valuable. It's in a very crested state. What makes it valuable? The purifying process, putting it through the heat, putting it through the fire again and again and again and again, burning it down at heat that would melt anything else alive. And it's only that continual refining process that all the impurities come out, and that's when gold becomes extremely valuable. Diamonds. What is, well, what is, what is a diamond in its natural state? It's a lump of coal. It's only when it goes under intense, intense pressure at the heart of the earth, being squeezed and crushed from all sides, that it starts to be transformed into a diamond. And even then, once they fish it out, it's still not very valuable. It's valuable, but not at the, the same value as it is once it's cut and once it's chiseled and once it's carved and once it's shaped and once it's placed into an ornament or placed into jewelry. At that point, its value is hundreds of times what it was originally worth when it was uncut, and millions of times more than what it was originally worth when it was just a lump of coal. The more difficulty it went through, the more it increased in value. Violins, the greatest violins that are made, the number one brand in the world, they only make their violins out of a certain oak tree that grows up in the Rocky Mountains, 12,000 feet above sea level. And these trees are battered by wind and by snow and by storms every single year. If you go to that place, these trees don't really have branches. They're kind of torn. Their bark's ripped. This is the wood that the world's number one violin company uses to make their violins because the more suffering the tree has gone through, the richer the wood and the deeper the sound, so that way they get a quality of sound that you can't get anywhere else from any other material because of the suffering that the tree has gone through. What about butterflies, right? Beautiful. We all love them. What are they before they become butterflies? Ugly worms, caterpillars. Nobody likes them. It's that transformation. And that transformation is painful. That transformation is tough. That going through the cocoon, that fighting through. And then even when the process in the cocoon is finished, there's a small little hole in the cocoon and the butterfly has to push its way out. And that's a fight. That's a struggle. If you've ever watched a butterfly coming out of a cocoon, it can take hours, three hours, four hours, five hours, pushing and pushing and pushing, trying to get its way out of the cocoon. And one day, someone walked by a cocoon and saw a butterfly struggling to get out. And they felt bad for the butterfly. They're like, hey, this poor little dude is suffering. What should we do? You know, I don't think it should be able to, it should suffer like that. And so what it did, it just, he went and he took a pair of scissors and he snipped the cocoon and let the butterfly out. And the butterfly never flew. It spent the rest of its life walking on the ground because its wings were deformed. Because the way the butterfly was designed, it's the pushing through the cocoon, that tiny hole, through that, that fighting to crawl out that little space. That is what pushes the fluid and the juices into its wings that enables them to turn into the flying instruments that they are. Without that struggle, the butterfly would never fly. The two commonalities, value and difficulties. The greater the difficulty, the greater the value. So don't be afraid to face challenges in life. Don't be af afraid to embrace the struggle. Because, first of all, that means you're alive. If you don't have any ups and downs in your life, chances are that you're not breathing. If you are, you're going to have difficulties. But embrace those difficulties because they are what making your life worth it. They're what's giving you the strength that you need to overcome. They're giving you the catalyst moments that you need to be able to grow, and it is increasing your value. But let me tell you something, and this is something I want you to get. Just going through the challenges does not make you better. Just going through the difficulty does not make you stronger. Facing issues in your life does not increase your value system only by growing through them what makes you a better person what brings you that progress in life is the choice to grow through these things and let me tell you choosing to grow choosing to make progress it's a risk it involves taking risks but without taking these risks you never get anywhere in life in the words of Muhammad Ali, one of the greatest men of all time, who he himself knew 
what it was to take a risk. In his own words, he said, he who is not courageous enough to take risks will accomplish nothing in life. You need the courage to take the risks because when you take the risks, that's when you experience growth. That's when you experience progress. That's when you're able to use the things in your life and circumstances to grow into making your life a happy and successful one. So what do we mean by we say risk-taking? The definition of risk-taking is this, according to the Business Dictionary Online. It says an individual or business that tends to behave in a way that can potentially cause physical harm or financial loss, but might also present an opportunity for a rewarding outcome. Most business types that thrive on innovation will encourage a risk-taker mentality to help support a creative process in their company culture. All businesses involve risk-taking. Taking risks is closely linked with entrepreneurship. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're working there, you will face risks in business. You know, part of the reason why so many people are afraid of risks in business and in their life is because they want to control the outcome of what goes on in their work. They want to control the outcome of what happens in their, in their chosen vocation. They want to ch control the outcome of what happens in their life. You want, they want the safe route. Let me tell you right off the bat, there is no such thing as safe. Everything has the downside. Security in life, in work, in business, in finance, in health, in any field, security is a myth. While this might sound like a terrifying notion, it is also incredibly liberating. If there really is no such thing as security, then it becomes easier to do things that might be considered risky. Either way, you're going to be taking a risk. So the question is, what kind of risk? you want to take when it comes to doing anything in life whether you're moving or whether you're staying in the same place you have a risk there's a risk in growth there's a risk in staying in, in a certain job there's a risk in staying in a certain place the risk in staying in a certain uh, situation just as much as there is a risk in moving out of it and as an entrepreneur as you all of you are as world changers as all of you desire to be, you have to be willing to be brave to jump in to take risks. Without risks, you don't grow, you don't change, there is no reward. Now, what are the risks that you have to take in life? There are risks that you take in your health. There are risks that you take with your family. There is risk that you take with your business. There is risk that you take with your finance. You know, anything, any place that you want to see growth and as part of growth experience success, it always involves an element of risk. So while we're not going to be able to cover all the different aspects, we want, we want to basically talk about the elements of taking risk in your entrepreneurship journey. That's why this webinar is called The Transformative Entrepreneur, because we want to specifically target it to you as an entrepreneur who has chosen to step out and start doing something in your own community, start to do something of your own to build something that will make a difference to your, yourself, to your community, and to your world. You know, if you've already made that step to become an entrepreneur, you're already taking a risk, right? You don't have a steady income. You know, you don't have a salary. You don't have a paycheck. You are now the boss and you have to make the decisions. You are the one in charge. Those are all risks. So if you are an entrepreneur and you're on this call, you're already in the right direction because you're already taking risks in your life. You're already facing these challenges. But let me tell you one thing that is important to know. Entrepreneurs are not gamblers. Every risk that an entrepreneur takes is a calculated risk. They're not just simple risk takers who say, oh, let's just do something and because I thought it'd be nice. No, it doesn't happen like that. Entrepreneurs, serious entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs that we all desire to be, they take calculated risks. The most successful business leaders understand that in order to make a proper decision, they have to think about it clearly. They have to be able to consider all options and to be able to see it from all sides before they step out and make that risk. They don't just go blindly jumping off the edge of cliffs, committing business and financial suicide because they will put all their money into a particular thing. No, they weigh it up. They think about it. They calculate it. Now, a risk 
is never going to be danger free. But a calculated risk always brings a higher chance of rewards. And by calculating the outcomes, you are lessening the potential harm and increasing your odds of a positive outcome. But when all the calculations are made, when you've considered every angle, when you have made sure that you had all your bases covered, there comes a time when you have to step out and you have to take the risk. There comes a time when you just have to, based on all the information that you have, to move out, embrace the change, and start growing with it. Because when you do, that's when you start experiencing success. This is what taking risks does for your business. Unplanned opportunities can present themselves through taking risks. When you're taking a risk, opportunities open up such as you've never seen before. Has anyone heard of Ariana Huffington, founder of the Huffington Post? Brilliant story. She was a journalist. She was a media personality. She appeared in a TV series and she was um, involved in a bunch of different things. And while she was doing something completely unrelated to her journaling, she was appearing in a TV series and she got into chatting with one of her co-hosts. And that person was like, we have newspapers and we have the news, but we don't really have places where people can present their opinions and can present news that might not exactly be newsworthy, but it still is very critical to people's lives. So then she thought about it and then she said, hey, why don't I start something like that? So she went ahead and even though all her family was against it, they're like, no, don't leave your job, don't leave this thing, don't jump into something that you're not prepared for. She thought about it, she weighed up all the options and she said, I can actually do it. This is where I can get funding from and this is, you know, I can use my career as a journalist to be able to leverage these certain things. And once she took all the decisions, she set out and she founded the Huffington Post. And the Huffington Post is now the world's largest um, online news website. But the interesting story is not so much about the risk that she took to start the site. The interesting part of the story is the fact that she was invited to shoot a TV series, which she had never done before. And it was on the set of the TV series that she got the idea of to set up this website, which is now worth hundreds of millions of dollars and keeps her supported throughout her life. It was the risk that she took to act in the TV series, even though it was completely unrelated to her line of work that led to the biggest opportunity for which she is well known for now. Unplanned opportunities present themselves to taking risks at all times. That's why we need to step out and take risks because they lead to opportunities that we could not have known existed before. Second point, those who take risks have a competitive advantage. Most people avoid risks. So those who are brave enough to take risks, they have an advantage over them. Simply put, when most individuals stay away from risk, it means there's less competition for the risk takers. When you're entering a particular field, there's some things that people won't do in that particular field because they're like, oh, that will cost too much money. Oh, that might not really pan off, that might really work. But those who actually are able to spot that opportunity to take the risk within that space, those are the ones who are able to succeed. Everyone's heard of Jeff Bezos, right? Founder of Amazon, currently richest man in the world, worth $160 billion. My God, what do you, how, where? I can't even count that much money. $160 billion is his net worth. He used to be the vice president of Deshaw. Had a good job on Wall Street, almost into his 40s. And then he came up with an idea, why don't we start an online bookstore where people can rent books, read books, buy books, they can read it online or we can send it to them. And everyone told him, you are a fool. Nobody wants to read books online. No one wants to order a book to their house. They will go to the bookstore and they will buy a book. And they will read a paperback book. You can't expect people to contact you online on the internet, which was still pretty new at that time, and read something over there or order it to their house from there. But he said, no, I believe this is the future. And then he quit his job, set up in his garage, and started Amazon, which was an online bookstore at that time. Fast forward today, Amazon, one of the biggest companies in the world, and Jeff Bezos, richest man in the world, because he took a risk and stepped into a field that no one else was in at that moment. And because of that, he had a competitive advantage over everybody else. 
because he took the risk. Another thing that risk-taking does, risk-taking makes you stand out. People who take risks, you hear about them. They make an impact. They make the news. They are people we look up to and we're inspired about. We never hear about people who do not challenge the status quo, people who are just willing to just go about everything without taking a minimal amount of risks. Show me a person who doesn't take risks and I'll show you a person that nobody knows, a person that nobody hears about, a person who never accomplishes anything because the only way you can get anything done is to take that step out of your comfort zone, to take a risk. And when you do, that's when people start noticing you. That's when the world starts to hear about you because you can only make change. You can only make progress. You can only make growth. You can only make a difference when you are taking a calculated risk in any particular field. And when you make that risk, people know you. You stand out. You stand above. And even if you end up failing, you'll fail in style. And that failing might reveal more opportunities for you. When we take risks, that's when we learn. Here's another one, and this is a very cool one. It says, risk takers are more content and satisfied with their lives. This is something awesome. Scientists have proven that risk taking in small doses is almost universally beneficial for your brain and mental health. Risk taking causes real changes in your brain. Risk release adrenaline, which can lead to a quick rush, and dopamine, which causes intense feelings of pleasure. Risk taking is often a necessary prerequisite for starting a new business or launching a new career, and the excitement associated with the uncertainty can be a powerful antidote to boredom and even depression. Because dopamine produces a natural high, risk-taking behaviors can help you get into a positive mood and a new perspective without the risks associated with drug use. The high that people get in drug use, that same chemical that is released, dopamine, is released by the brain when we are taking risks. And so when you are taking risks, that's when you start feeling excited. That's when you start feeling happy. That's when you start feeling motivated. That's when you start feeling challenged. If you're feeling bored with your life, you're feeling stuck in a certain place, maybe, maybe it could be that you're not taking enough risks. Maybe it can be that you're not trying anything new. Because when you're moving, when you're making progress, when you're taking risks, when you're, tra when you're tr stepping out to do things in your field that no one else has done before and no one else has even thought of doing, when you start challenging the status quo and stepping out of the norm and doing new things and taking these risks, when you start doing that, your brain starts coming alive and you start feeling happy, you start feeling empowered, you start feeling inspired. And this is all because you're stepping out and you're taking risks. Here's another thing that, that risks do. Risks teach us lessons we'd otherwise miss. Ever heard the phrase? Ever failing, ever learning. Never fail, never learn. When you fail, you learn. And you improve on those mistakes. And then those things make you wiser. And you're able to take that wisdom and apply it to your life. And let that wisdom will lead you to success. If you never step out, you never take a chance, you will never grow. You'll never learn anything. As, they, as an old expression in America says, if you never step up to the base, you will never learn to bat. You have to be willing to take a risk. And when you take a risk, you might, you might run into some problems. You might fail. But when you do that, it teaches you lessons, and you're able to grow a whole lot further than anyone else. And here's another very important point. Risk-taking is a step to success. You can, there is no success without risks. If you don't take a risk, if you don't step forward, if you don't make a change, if you don't make progress, not only will you not grow, not only will you not experience success, but you will lose what you currently have. Because success is not a plateau. Success is an incline plane. Success is like you're climbing up a mountain. And if you stop going up, you start sliding down. 95% of businesses that start shut down within five years. And one of the major causes of that is a lack of innovation, a lack of change. A lot of the biggest companies in the world 10, 15 years ago are obsolete now. 
because they did not innovate, because they did not change, because they did not take risks to grow with the way things are going. Kodak, one of the greatest companies for film, for cameras, so much so that back in the day, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, whenever you get a great picture, it was called, quote unquote, a Kodak moment. Kodak was synonymous with photography. Where is Kodak now? Nowhere to be seen. Why? Because the world moved on to digital cameras and they did not. They did not take the risk to predict the trends to move into the future. And because of that, they lost. Success is not a straight plane, it is an incline slope. And because of that, if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. That's why risk-taking is essential. We take smaller risks now to avoid bigger risks in the future. The risk of current activity is far less than the long-term risks of inactivity. We talked about Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos said, and I quote, I knew that when I was 80, I was not going to regret having tried this. Even if I failed, I knew I wouldn't regret that. I knew the one thing I would regret on my deathbed was not having ever tried. And I knew that would haunt me every single day. You know, no one can be really sure if the risk will pay off, no matter how calculated they may be. But that should not stop you from taking these risks, because if you do not do that, you will run the risk of falling behind and of regretting it a whole lot later. There was a fascinating study done two decades ago by social psychologists, and they studied regret, and they made a distinction between two different types of regret. There are two types of regret that are universal to all of us. And I want you to make note of this, because this is super, super important. There are action regrets which are things that you did that you wish you hadn't. You attempted something that you, know, you, that you shouldn't have done or you said something wrong or whatever it is. And the next morning you're like, why did I do that? Why did I try that? Why did I attempt that? That's called an action regret. Inaction regrets are the things you didn't do that you wish you had. And, so, and psychologists studied this. You know what they saw? They saw that in the short term, like within a week, within a day, within a few months, we regret the action regrets a whole lot more than the inaction regrets. In the short term, we feel much more pain for the things that we did that we wish we hadn't. But when you start going on a few years, five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, what happens is the action regrets start to fade and the inaction regrets increase. So much so that by the time a person is in the retirement age, they only regret 16% of their actions, but they regret 84% of their inactions. The most commonly said words on a person's deathbed is, if I only had, if I had only done this, if I had only done that, if I had only done this. You have to take that step. You have to take that risk. You have to make the choice to progress, the choice to grow. Otherwise, the challenges of life will swallow you up. They won't be challenges anymore. That's when they'll become the problems, and that's when they'll become the difficulties. And that's when they'll become the bad things that drive you into a negative cycle because you are not growing with them. You're not taking the risk to overcome them. Why are we not? One word. Fear. It's fear that holds us back from risk-taking. There are two inherent biases in the human mind that skew our perceptions of risk. The first is that we tend to exaggerate the possibility for failure, and the second is that we greatly exaggerate the consequences of those failures. Whenever we think about risk, the first thing that our mind tells us is, oh, it's going to be totally bad. It's going to be bad. You're going to fail. And then your mind starts telling you all the things that will happen when you fail. You'll lose all your money. Everyone will laugh at you. No one will trust you anymore. You know, we can all think of so many different excuses our minds tell us every time. Anytime any of us try to take a risk of any sort, doesn't matter what risk it is. The, your brain will always put in this bias. It'll always tell you that you will fail and will always tell you that the consequences of these failures are going to be huge. That's not the case, though. I want to tell you something. 
If there's one thing I want you to walk away with from this session, it's this quote. Everything you want is on the other side of everything you fear. And unless you overcome those fears, unless you take that step, unless you take those risks, unless you step into growth, unless you step into planes that no one else has gone into before, to try things that you might not even feel comfortable doing, unless you are willing to take calculated risks, you're not going to achieve anything because everything you want is on the other side of everything you fear. A world without risks would be a world without adventure, a world without success, a world without progress, a world without growth, a world without fun, a world without purpose. A paradox of life is that as much as we don't like risks, taking risks is what brings about the progress and growth in our personal life. It is also that risk that brings us adventure and joy. You ready for a shocker? Have you ever heard of phobias? What, is, what does phobia mean? Phobia is the Greek word for fear. I'm scared of this. I'm scared of that. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of phobias in this world. You can do a Google search on it. You can find tons. Arachnophobia, the fear of spiders. Hydrophobia, the fear of water. Aerophobia, the fear of flying. There's even phobias of chest hair. There's phobias of peanut butter. People actually have these fears. They're not made up. These are actually studied by clinical psychologists. Now, I'm going to tell you something that's going to blow your mind. I want you to think for a minute about any phobias that you might have, any fears that you might have, anything that calls you back from taking certain risks in your life right now. Every time you tell yourself you want to take a risk, your brain tells you two things, right? They tell you that you will fail and this will happen when you fail. Write those things down right now. There are thousands of fears and phobias, but psychologists tell us we are only born with two fears, the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Every other fear is learned. Shock you yet? I'm going to say it again. Every, there are thousands of fears and phobias, but psychologists tell us we're only born with two fears, the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Every other fear, from your fear of spiders to your fear of heights, to your fear of rejection, to your fear of stepping out, every other fear you learned. You learned from your parents. You learned from your friends. You learned from watching something on television. You learned from advice from your grandparents or from people you respected, or you learned them from things that you experienced in your own life that you did not properly process. And so because of that, that became a fear in your life. You were not born with it. So many people say, this is just me. This is the way I am. I am afraid of this thing. No. You're only born with two fears, falling, loud noises. Every other fear is learned. And get this, every single fear can be unlearned as well. Everything that keeps you from taking a risk, everything that keeps you where you are in your life, everything that holds you back from making progress, you can learn to move beyond. You can learn to grow beyond. You can learn to get over it because it is not something eccentric in your character. Yes, it is very real to you because it's become real to you over the course of your life. But just as you've learned it, you can unlearn it. If you're thinking about this and you're saying, wow, where do I start? I'd love to be a risk taker. I would love to start doing something new. I would like to challenge my fears. I would like to move into, you know, growing into my, the entrepreneurship journey. I would like to start, you know, stepping out and I would like to not be afraid and I would like to grab everything that's for me on the other side of fear. But where do I start? Start with these seven points. First point is assess your tolerance for risk before going into business. Be very honest with yourself right now and ask yourself where you stand in your risk-taking right now. Are you someone who generally likes taking risks, someone who is more of an adrenaline junkie, someone who's an adventurous sort of person, or are you someone on the other end of the spectrum who is completely petrified and terrified of doing anything, someone who's shy? doesn't matter where on the spectrum you fall. What matters is that you're honest with yourself right now and you say, where should I start? Because unless you know where you are, you don't know where you need to go. So if you want to start growing to be a risk taker, you have to start asking yourself, where am I right now in my tolerance for risks? 
because if you're highly tolerant, you can take bigger risks. If you're less tolerant, you have to do a few more steps before you get there. But the first step in your journey is stopping and saying, where am I right now? Is increasing your physical activity. What do you say? Huh? <laughs> what does me going out and playing sports or jogging or trying something have to do anything with my risk taking? Well, first of all, it gets your brain active. The more active your, your brain is, the more endorphins are flowing through your body. The more you are exercising, the more oxygen is going to your brain. First of all, your brain becomes sharper, your brain becomes clearer, and your brain starts functioning at a much more peak level. But the second thing that physical activity does, especially if you start playing sports, sports involves a lot of tiny little challenges, a lot of tiny little risks. If you're playing football, for example, or soccer, you have to take the risk to dribble past the person, right? He could tackle you, take the ball from you. If you're the defender and you have to make a long pass, there's a chance that someone might intercept and get the ball in the way and then turn around and shoot at the goal. It's a risk you have to take. So you start calculating in your mind, how fast do I have to move to dribble past this guy? You start looking at the way his, move, his legs are moving. Where do I have to put the ball in order to get a free place to run to? You know, if I have to kick the ball, do I have to push it along the ground because that guy's slow? Or because he's fast, do I have to kick it over his head so the other person can get it? These are all tiny little risks that have absolutely nothing to do with your daily life. If the guy scores a goal on you, you don't die. You don't go hungry. Your family doesn't go hungry. You know, you don't experience great financial loss. It's just a game. But you are training your mind to look for opportunities in challenges. You're training your mind to take risks, but to calculate how to take them. And that's why it's super important up on this list. You start to increasing your physical activity so you can start training your brain how to do risk management in a small controlled environment. And once you're used to the process of making decisions in that way, it's very easy to take it and put it into place in other aspects of your life and business. Another thing is develop your curiosity. You know that kids are fearless. Kids will do anything. You watch toddlers. They'll stand up. They'll march anywhere. Babies will crawl anywhere, put their fingers into anything, put anything into their mouth. Why? Why do they have no fear? Because they're curious about things. They want to know what it tastes like, what it feels like, what it is to go over there. How will things be on the other side of the room? What is beyond that door? Every child's obsession from a very young age is with what is there. It's a curiosity that burns in them. We lose that curiosity as we grow up, but that curiosity is essential to help us to take risks. If we never ask what if, if we never ask, what is on the other side? What is beyond that door? What is in that opportunity that no one has touched before? Unless we're curious about life, about our field, about our business, about certain things, unless we are curious these things, we are never going to grow in that way. Next thing, have a reliable support group. You need people around you who support you and people who are taking risks as well. Because you see someone else taking a risk in their life it motivates you to take a risk in your life as well. Iron sharpens iron. When you're growing together, then you're able to experience financial progress. It's a place where you can encourage each other to take these risks, to grow, and to try new things in your life. Next thing is super important. Keep learning. The world changes. The market changes. Your area of expertise changes all the time. Why do you think doctors have to pass an exam every 12 months? Because the medical field keeps changing. Why do pilots have to go back for testing every six months? because the aircrafts change. Unless you're continually learning, you're falling behind. And so when it comes to taking risks, only when you are well enough educated can you make calculative enough decisions. And so always be studying what are the trends in your field? What are the things it's gonna take for you to be able to succeed in this way? And even if you don't know it yourself, find people who do know it and get help from them, which is what goes back towards having a reliable support group. Next point. Attempt risk in small ways first. Don't jump in and try to do a huge risk initially because you won't be prepared for it. Start with small risks. And then once you do it, you have a reference point of what you did, what went well, what didn't go well. And then you build on that and take the next risk and take the next risk and take the next risk. And the next one, which is really important, build your faith. We find our confidence from deep within. We find our strength from deep within. 
It doesn't matter what religion you're from. It doesn't matter what you believe. Everyone in the world always says that your greatest strength comes from inside you. And that's why it's very important to have a strong faith because based off that faith, you are able to find the confidence to move past your fear because faith is the opposite of fear. And when you feed your faith, that's when your fears starve. Whenever you're at a point where you, you know, you're feeling nervous about taking it, that's when you should use the time, meditate, pray, do something, strengthen your faith, build that confidence. It's when you have that confidence, then you start growing into becoming a risk taker. Remember what I said earlier, everything you want, everything you desire, is on the other side of everything you fear. And this is not just true for some people in the world. This is true for everybody in the world. It's true for me. I fall on the spectrum of someone who's not a very big risk taker. On the scale of one to 10, my tolerance to risks is probably at a one or maybe a 1.5. I personally am petrified whenever I have to step out and take any sort of risk. And in fact, most of the risks I have taken in my life are kind of ones that I've been almost forced into. You know, I can remember a time when we used to have a public speaking team and we used to go to different places and my my dad would always lead it and I would always be the side person. I can remember very clearly that one one day when my dad got sick and wasn't able to show up and I had to lead the entire thing. And I remember standing in front of this hundreds of people for the first time in my life and not being able to say anything. And believe me, I was scared. I can remember the time that my performing arts mentor in college, when he broke his leg a few days before a big event for a very prestigious client that we were organizing. And I had to fill in for him as the host of that event in his absence. And I remember standing there looking at all those kids and being absolutely terrified and saying, what do I do here? I can remember when I was a management understudy and my company was organizing a large nationwide conference. And my overseer and the main manager of the event suddenly pulled out abruptly during personal reasons and I had to step up and manage the entire event without any prior experience. And I was absolutely petrified and had no idea what to do. And I, I can remember I was assigned a group to take a group of teenagers in the US whitewater rafting and I don't even know how to swim. And I remember standing on the bank of that river, holding the boat and holding my paddle, looking at the water and just turning white as a sheet and being absolutely frozen. You know, I can even remember being cornered for my very first kiss in high school. And I remember being absolutely terrified. But let me tell you, looking at these events now in my life from the wonderful vantage point that we have of hindsight, I see that every risk that I went through in my life came an incredible reward. You know, from my first kiss stem, my first real relationship which taught me about life and love. From being tossed on stage, unprepared and frightened, stemmed the public speaking career that I absolutely love and adore today that has led me to influence the lives of people around the world. From my first forced event as a host, it stemmed a foray into event management that led to the founding of two companies and helped also to kick off an event culture in a city that many people are able to benefit from today. From my first experience, even though it was stuttering, at ordering, organizing a nationwide conference, from that stemmed another 20 conferences around India and now I annually hold at least six to eight of these conferences around the world touching hundreds of lives. And from sitting paralyzed in fear in that air-filled raft, in that foaming and churning river, from that came one of the most memorable and incredible experiences of my life. And I have learned so much, and I am so grateful at this moment in time to look back and say, I am thankful that I took the plunge. I am thankful that I went through those fears. I am thankful that I went through those challenges and I did not let my fears hold me back. I stepped out and took the risk because everything I ever wanted was on the other side of that fear. I am finally living my life in a way that's worth telling stories about. Let me ask you something. Are you living your life in a way that's worth telling stories about? The way that you will live that is through taking risks. The way that you will live that is through growing. The way that you will live that is through facing the things you fear. 
through facing those challenges, through facing those obstacles, the thing that life throws at you, everything that might make you petrified when you're standing on the edge of it. Because everything you want is on the other side of everything you fear. And when you take those risks and when you grow, at that point, your life becomes an adventure and it becomes worth telling stories about. So may you live a life of adventure. May you live a life of chasing your dreams. May you face every fear, stare it down and watch it melt away in front of you. And may the stories that people tell of your life one day be wonderful, amazing, and things that you can be proud of. Hey there, thanks for listening in. I hope that you enjoyed the episode and all the things we got to talk about there. Once again, a very big appreciation to Mel and to the Catalyst Apprentice Program for allowing me to use this audio. And I hope that through this audio, it has encouraged you to find ways to take calculated risks and face your fears in order that you may grow into the life of success that you want. And just as a bit of a epilogue to this particular talk, as we were talking about facing fears, believe Believe it or not, as soon as this call was done, and after we had a question and answer session, which unfortunately we were not able to include on this audio for lack of time, I made the decision to face my own fears and take a risk to do something that I've been putting off for a very long time. I've had an invitation for the past few years to go to Africa to conduct a speaking tour there and I had put it off for the longest of times but at the end of this particular call I made the decision that I was going to go and for those of you who have been following my story I was able to go down to Africa and spend four weeks there over the months of July and August and it was just one of the most incredible experiences of my life but that is a story for another day. Suffice it to say that We always practice what we preach. We don't tell you something unless we're willing to do it for ourselves. And so I encourage you to find that one thing that you want to do, the one thing that you fear. Find a way to take a calculated risk and experience all the success that life has in store for you. May God bless you, and I will see you next week. Thank you for joining us today on the podcast. Please do subscribe for more. If you found this helpful, please share it with someone else. Pass the help along. David is always eager to hear from you and would love to work with you in a more hands-on way. For more information, please visit our website at www.davidtheremer.com. That's www.davidtheremer.com.